welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, presented by CoachingYouPlus.com. Our guest today, Matt McCall, is a former head coach at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, as well as the University of Massachusetts for the last five years. After getting let go in March, uh, he is now out there trying to figure out what's next. And I think this is so important, so, so important for all coaches, because guess what? It's going to happen to you at some point. It might happen after you've been in a job for a long time. It happened to me after 25 years in the NBA. It's going to happen at some point. And so I think it's really important to learn how to rebound from it. Matt is someone that's got incredible experience being with Billy Donovan at the University of Florida. And, you know, and I think you're really going to find out how good he is, how smart he is, and what's next for him. So after this timeout with our sponsors, you'll be right back with Matt McCall. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit instatsport.com forward slash basketball. Again, that is instatsport.com forward slash basketball. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined a shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. 
If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that you that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in for to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Our guest today, Matt McCall, uh, the former head coach of the University of Massachusetts, and before that, the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And before that, the I always like to say for every assistant that worked with Billy Donovan, the brain trust of the University of Florida Gators, you know, uh, when they were national champs, uh, every one of you guys hold on to that dearly, um, you know, like, uh, but Matt, welcome, my friend. Brendan, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, you know, I go back to those national championship days and uh, you had an impact on our program too. There's no question about it and having an impact on my career and, I know how close you and Coach Jones are, and and um, and even Coach Donovan, uh, even to this day. So it's a pleasure, man, for sure. You know, you, um, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I think it's so important because you know we have coaches that listen to our podcast that are high school coaches, college coaches, pro coaches, AAU coaches, uh, pro coaches around the world. 200 coaches a week listen around different 200 countries around the world listen every week. Uh, but the biggest thing uh, that I always like to ask, first of all, when you went to the university of Florida, when did you figure out that you wanted to be a coach? Oh, it was interesting. Uh, Brendan, it, it, I, I originally had enrolled at Stetson university, ironically. Right. Um, How that is ironic. How yeah, about that? I, had, I had originally enrolled and, um, you know, decided to, to make the move over to the University of Florida and was was going to be I was a preferred walk on at Stetson and then decided to make the move over to the University of Florida and was just going to be a normal student, you know, tried to uh-huh. pledge a fraternity, um, play some intramural hoops and that whole year. I didn't have any fun. And I, I remember saying to myself, you're, you're supposed to have fun in college, right? And I think the biggest reason I, I, I wasn't having any fun is because I was away from the game of basketball. You know, I, it was my passion in high school, um, played it, worked out, was not this high-level player to where I could, you know, obviously play at the Division One level. Um, but I was away from the game. And right then and there, I had said, you know what? I want to make basketball my career. Um, my father, fortunately for me, uh, played at the University of Florida, played football, um, was a teammate of Steve Spurrier. And through Coach Spurrier, my father became close with Jeremy Foley, who's the greatest athletic director of all time. All, all and, time, not uh, even close. Yeah. I'll never forget when I was enrolled at Florida, I was sitting outside of his office waiting on him. And um, his secretary, Patty, was like, I'm not sure when he's going to come back. And I said, Patty, well, do you mind if I wait? And I just sat there and waited and waited. And finally, uh, Jeremy uh, came back to his office and said, Matt, what, what, you know, what, how can I help you? And I said, Jeremy, I, I, I want to coach. Um, 
and would love to just be a fly on the wall at Coach Donovan's practices. Can you help me um, with that? And uh, <laughs> that's he connected me with Donnie Jones and ended up becoming a student manager, and it just took off from there. But uh, always indebted to Jeremy because he was the one that, that got me in the door with, with Billy and Coach Jones and, and Coach Pelfrey and, and Coach Grant. You know, I, I was going to ask you, but I think uh, you answered it. You know, I think all of us have people and we as coaches have tried to, all of us, impact people in their lives. Uh, the biggest impact people in your life are obviously Jeremy Foley is one, but I'm sure Billy Donovan is another, you know. No, there's no question. I, I, I look at you know, uh, probably the three most impactful people in my life, uh, my father being uh, number yep. one, um, Billy uh, and Jeremy are, are right there. I mean, I, I would have never have gotten to the level that I got to um, in coaching had it not been for them. Uh, no question about it. And then I look at even when I was a student manager and, and a graduate assistant coach, you know, watching how, you know, Larry Shiat and Donnie Jones and Anthony Grant scouted and were in front of a team and had a presence about themselves in front of that. When I first got my, my when I got my first uh, assistant opportunity down at Florida Atlantic with Mike Jarvis, I was prepared because of those guys and uh, watching them and learning from them each and every day. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely indebted to all of them. You know, when I when I was in uh, when I was coming out of college and and stuff, and I started coaching right away at twenty one years of age, and you know, totally, really not prepared. You know, you know, but when I watched uh, when I watched all these, I came up through the back then basketball camp system, five star camp, and yeah. there was no AAU basketball and stuff like that. Every kids went to camp, and uh, and so my my peers were Rick Bettino, same age, and Mike Fratello uh, was a shade older. UB Brown was my high school coach. All these guys, mm -hmm. Pete Gillen, uh, uh, Ralph Willard, all these guys were coaches in the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia area. And, and I always would watch them teach at Five Star a station. And I said, wow. Those guys are good. I could never do that. I could never see myself being what they were. I then right. when I uh, and then when I was in college, I would go around as a player. I would go around the Northeast with UB Brown when he would do a, a lecture at a camp or a clinic, and I would be his demonstrator. And I was in awe every time he taught because he was such a master teacher and coach. And I said how does he do it? I could never do that. And, and I think, you know, and then to think, and then all of a sudden you get thrust into that. So when you were, you know, when you, you watch someone like Billy, who was protege was uh, Patino, uh, who's in one of the greatest clinicians, teachers and coaches I ever saw. When you see someone like Billy, who's a master coach, the influence that he had on you and all of the coaches at Florida. Tell me what you took from Billy. What are the, his greatest qualities? Well, first of all, Brennan, my first interaction with him was my first day on the job as a student manager. And we're in two a days, we're in two a days in October. And here I am, 
you know, this kid that grew up a huge Gator fan because my dad played linebacker at the University of Florida in the 60s. It was a way of life. You know, every Saturday, pack the car, pack the cooler, pack the chicken, pack the chips. Here we go, tailgating Florida Gator football. But I always gravitated towards basketball. So my first day on the job as a student manager, we have two days. It's in October. And we finished the morning practice. And in our practice facility at Florida, you know, Coach Donovan would always go up those back steps. Yep. And I was like, all right, man, I'm on the Florida Gator practice court. I'm going to shoot a jump shot. And I shot a jump shot as he's walking out. There's nobody else in the gym but me and him. And he doesn't know who I am yet because it's my <laughs> first day on the job. And the shot missed long and hit him on the top of the head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and he turns around and he says, hey, you can at least give a guy a heads up. So that's kind of how our relationship oh, started was me missing a jump shot and hitting Coach Donovan on the top of the head. Um, but people always ask me, Coach, what was the biggest thing I learned from him? What was the biggest influence he had? And I wasn't there in the beginning, okay? I got there in 2002, Udonis Haslam's senior year. Right. Uh, Brett Nelson, Matt Bonner. Brett Nelson ended up being my college roommate. who's a dear friend to this day. But the biggest thing I took from Coach – over the 11 years that I was with him, it was never about him. It was always about the University of Florida. It was always about the players. It was about his staff. It was never about him. And the level of humility at which he did his job, accomplishing everything that he did, was just unbelievable, you know. And that's that, that, and just treating people the right way. And I, and I always use this example. Mark Dagnall, who's now the, the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, got married. Uh, it was right before the pandemic, probably three or four years ago. And at, Mark's, at, at Mark's wedding, Tracy Papp, who was Coach Donovan's administrative assistant, was there. Duke Werner, who the trainer was there. Preston Green, the strength coach, was there. Tom Williams, the academic coordinator, was there. Jeremy Foley, the AD, was there. Oliver Winterbone, the video wow. coordinator, was there. I was there. There's, there's no, it's not a secret on why we had success, because we were all in it together. And that's what Billy created. I mean, everyone, all coaches throw out culture, culture, culture. Man, we, we had that culture humming at the University of Florida. And, and that's a credit to Coach Donovan. That's a credit to, to Anthony Grant, John Pelfrey, Donnie Jones. They created that when they all got there in 1996, 97, um, and just kept going. And then as, as other people came in, and, and this is a thing for young coaches, okay, and any young coaches that are listening to this, Totally indebted to Mike Jarvis for the opportunity that he gave me at Florida Atlantic. And when Billy was going through the process, he had lost three assistant coaches at one time. Larry Shiat mm -hmm. went to the University of Wyoming. Uh, Rob Lanier had left and, and gone to Texas with Rick Barnes. And, and Richard Patino had gone back with his father at Louisville. And coach hired Norm Roberts. He hired John Pelfrey. And he hired myself. And at the time, I'm like, oh, man, he needs a Florida guy in there that can recruit the state of Florida. And, uh, man, this guy – no, he hired me because I was the right fit because treated people the right way and was the right fit on that staff at that time and worked really, really hard. It was not because I was the greatest recruiter in the world. It was not because I was the greatest scouter or coach or any of that. It was because I was the right fit, and he knew at that point in time I could continue to add to that culture. And I think that's – that's a huge message, especially for young coaches, right? It's, it's never make it about yourself. 
make it about the program and how can you add value to that program by just treating people the right way and working really, really hard. And if you do those things, it's going to open a lot of doors for you. Billy still has that same humility to this day as really one of the most successful NBA coaches, one of the few coaches ever to come from college to the NBA and win. You're usually college coaches come and get their ass kicked, whether you're Calipari or something, because you you get a bad team. He came right. in and he he's 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 been phenomenal, uh, but he has that humility. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills, and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from Fast Model Sports, you can now include video with your FastScout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the FastScout mobile app. The combination of fast draw and fast scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust fast model sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to fastmodelsports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any fast draw or fast scout products. Remember, Go to FastModelSports.com, use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any fast draw and fast scout products. You've been an assistant for a long time leading up to when you got your shot to be a head coach. Tell me what a really good assistant in your mind should have. Because I think we have right now the microwave a coach that wants to just all of a sudden, you know, I'll be an assistant, you know, but I'm ready to be a head coach real quick, you know, uh, you know, but tell me what you feel a, an assistant coach at the collegiate level needs to be. Brent, I think the number one thing is echo the head coach's message. Okay. Because whatever his message is and his message in, in front of the team, whether it's practice, whether it's the film room, whatever's going on, that message has to be echoed through everyone throughout the entire program. I think echoing the head coach's message is, is the number one most important thing because I think messages sometimes can get construed um, and that's where you can get division in your locker room or whatever. But no, listen, Reggie Witherspoon was with me at Chattanooga um, and Reggie was one of the best assistant coaches that I ever had in terms of that, to be honest with you. He was phenomenal. Hey, listen, coach is saying this, and you have a, a disgruntled player that maybe he's upset that he's not starting. Maybe he's not getting the minutes that he thinks. Maybe there's a parent uh, that's upset, disgruntled. This is what Coach McCall is trying to say and understand this. I think that that echoing of the message is, is just so valuable throughout the entire program. I think how can you help keep things off your – head coach's desk mm. right don't add things to his desk to give him more things to do how can you help keep things off his desk whether it's 
you know, dealing with an academic coordinator, whether it's dealing with parents, whatever it may be, I think that's another huge thing for assistant coaches. And I think, again, one of the most important things is how can you add to the culture, right? What are the core values that Billy Donovan has? Or what are the core values that Anthony Grant has or John Pelfrey or Larry Shot or Robin, whoever it is, what are those core values and how can you continue to echo that message through the locker room, I think is, is vital. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to, for your next job. Don't be in a hurry for the big paycheck or whatever it may be. Fully embrace where you are right now uh, and add to that program and to that culture. Because, And I, I think young coaches, too, don't understand this. Hey, listen, it's not about who you recruit. It's not about who you sign. It's about the program having success. And how can you help that program have success? I think those are the, those are the most important things. I think those are excellent. They're really good. Tell me about uh, when you were a head coach, when you see – to be a head coach, you know, that infamous 18 inches between an assistant and a head coach, um, what are the most important things to be successful as a college head coach? Billy used to always tell me, you don't know until you know, right? <laughs> and until you That's move right. over That's until really that good. seat, you don't know until you know. And after seven years of being a head coach, oh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, I think a couple things, I, I think taking your time, right? Especially when you get your opportunity, um, the world starts spinning and you've got phone calls to return and AAU coaches and high school coaches and um, donors that you've got to reach out to. And, you know, you, you get your first job and you have your roster, who's on the team now with the transfer portal at, you know, I was fortunate enough, my first year at Chattanooga, we had a hundred rep- uh, percent retention. Wow. Not one guy left. Uh, and that's, that's unheard of a hundred percent retention. Now that's a credit to those players because they decided to come together and they were all going to stay. When I got to UMass, it was not, not, not that at all, but um, that's, that's not the day and age. So when you get your job, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with who are the kids that they've already signed. I've got to reach out to them. I've got to do all those things. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is, is most importantly, when you, when you get your opportunity, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Right. I think that's one. The, your staff is so important. Mm. And I think you really have to look yourself in the mirror as a leader. And who you know, is it young guys? Do you need help, you know, with X's and O's? What, 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 where, who are you hiring? First and foremost, you know, who are you putting around and take your time. You don't need to be in a rush. You don't need to be in a hurry with that. Right. I think that's that's the most important thing is is the people around you. When you win a game, when you lose a game, when you go up in your office each and every day, understanding, hey, man, this group of guys, we're in this thing. We're in this foxhole together. You know, I think that's that's vital. Um, What are your values? Right. And this is this is something Brendan, that took me a while, you know, as a head coach, and I had to go through some things and I had to go through some experiences, but the values that Billy Donovan has at the University of Florida, his core values that he's instilled there, it's okay for my values to be different because me and Billy, as close as we are, we're different people, and my core values need to be the core values that I instill 
and the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, the University of Massachusetts, whatever it may be, but spend time thinking about that. Spend time thinking about what do you want to be about every single day? And whether it's an assistant coach at Texas or Baylor or University of Kentucky, whatever it may be, those values, that culture, what do you want it to look like? And what do you want those values to instill in your program that you guys are going to live by every single day? Because you get a job and all of a sudden you're like, all right, this is what we're doing. We're going to put these up on our wall. This is going to be the slogan. Well, words on a wall mean nothing. Mm -hmm. They mean nothing unless they're instilled in your program every single day. And everybody lives by that. So I, I think your staff, but more importantly, what do you want to be about every single day? And and how are you going to instill that in your program? I think that's vital. Yeah, what's important to you and what's really going to affect winning, I think, you know, comes exactly. down to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone, I always laugh when it doesn't matter if it's high school, college or pro, everyone that takes a job, they always say, well, we're going to have a great culture. No one ever said, shit, we're going to have a horseshit culture here. We're going right. to, you know, we're going to be, everyone's going to have a great culture, but culture, you're right. They're not the five pillars that, you know, Tony Bennett has at the University of Virginia there because culture is the, about the way your players and staff behave, right? That's exactly that's, right. That's exactly yeah. right. A thousand and percent. And, and and that's it. I mean, you know, you know, we used to have, you know, we used to have teams in the NBA, like the Portland Trailblazers. They were the baddest of the bad guys out there. They didn't, they would have been on probation if they were a college team back right. then, you know, right. but they, they just wanted talent, you know, right. they didn't right. care, but they could never win the whole thing because of right. that. Right. It, right. But when you're now, and I think this is important, you coached in a really, really good basketball league, the Atlantic 10, the A10, oh, a terrific, terrific conference. Talk about what it's like to prepare for the I mean every every game and and I think this is the same in the Big East the SEC uh, the ACC you know every every game in that league is like an NBA game you know what I mean like you know it's it's a big game with everyone's got a good coach and everyone's got good players and everyone's got good players to a degree um, talk about preparing for some of the coaches in that league and what you learned I think that's really important. Well, I mean, you look at Mark Schmidt, Bob McKillop. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, obviously Travis Ford's had tremendous success. I mean, Travis Ford gets to St. Louis. They struggle his first year. They're at the top of the league since, you know, Anthony Grant takes his team to a number two ranking in the country. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's unique, right? I think you look at, you know, what Mark Schmidt does on offense and how he tries to, I think he has great ball movement and player movement, but there's just so many different actions, right? Um, he almost tries to trick you into what's coming. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Coach McKillop's had a style. He's had a culture since, he's, since he was there. Um, he, ironically, he, he decides to retire right after – uh, my tenure at UMass was yeah, over. Uh, yeah, he said, I, I, can't, I, I, I can't go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you look at Anthony and just, just the culture that he's built, you know, at Dayton to where, you know, he loses, you know, a first-round draft pick and loses a terrific point guard in Jalen Crutcher. 
who initially signed with us at Chattanooga, by the way. Let's <coughs> not for, let's really? Not forget about that. Yeah. Had him and Rodney Chapman on that team. Wow. Um, and now to build it back where he's – they're going to be right back in the thick of it again. But just – I mean, Mike Rhodes, right? I mean, what he's doing at, at VCU and um, how he's gone to an NCAA tournament, multiple NCAA tournaments, you know, uh, had a year where they went through some adversity and now has got his program back at that level of game. I mean, you just – just tremendous respect, you know. Um, when I – when I got the, the opportunity at UMass, everyone talked about how the league was down. Oh, the league's down. The league's down. The league's down. Oh, the league's down. You know, hey, you want to talk about Chris Mooney at Richmond? I mean, wow. I mean, what? Mm. Talk about blocking out distractions and, and noise. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges, too, is when, you know, you've had a, a year full of adversity and, you, you know, everyone, hey, this, this hot seat, this, that, and the other. And to be able to really lock in and focus and, and get your team back to playing at a high, high level, man, that's – I've got tremendous respect for that. I mean, there's yeah. there's no night, there's no off nights. It's not, hey, yep. tonight uh, we're going to be okay, right? I mean, even this past year with with what, you know, Kyle Neptune was able to do at Fordham, and now he's the head coach of Villanova. I mean, just, you know, just great coaches top to bottom in the league, no question about it. So when you – and and college coaching with three hundred and fifty seven jobs, whatever we have at Division One, which is absolutely absurd, you know. And to think about that many schools being Division One, you know, where you got Duke and Kentucky, and then you know all the way down to A Sun type schools, you know. I mean, it's just the, the disparity is is just incredible. How do you determine, Matt? A st- how did you determine? a style of play that you wanted to have that you had as one as a head coach say, this is the way I want my team to play offensively and defensively. Well, I think, especially during the summertime, I think that as an assistant coach, you've got to spend time on that. Right. Especially when there's some downtime and like spend more time watching film, spend more time watching Hey, I want to watch Gonzaga. What are they doing on offense? How are they playing? What makes them so successful outside of their culture, right? Because I think mm-hmm. that's a – I think the X is an O piece just for me as a coach. That was kind of natural and easy, okay? It was the culture piece, the, the core values, all those things that go into having success that I had to spend more time learning, you know. And, again, going back, hey, at the University of Florida, I was just adding to the culture on what – Coach Donovan and those guys that were early on created. It was my job to continue to add to that. Uh, but the X is an O piece. I think, <laughs> especially now that the recruiting calendar has completely changed. Right when I became when I got my first opportunity at Florida Atlantic with Coach Jarvis, man, it was ten days on, five days off, ten days on. You were out nonstop in September, October, November. Um, right. Then all of a sudden there was a little break, but like. You know, once you get to the season, your job needs to be scouting, player development, different things like that. But now that the calendar's completely changed over the summer, you're fortunate enough to spend some time watching film, watching tape. Hey, let me sit here and watch Baylor's zone or, you know, like I said, Gonzaga's offense or pick and roll or whatever it may be. I think that, that spending time, this is what I want it to look like, right? You hear coaches all the time, we're going to play fast. We're going to play fast. We're going to play fast. We're going to, we're going to play fast. Well, what does that look like? 
Is that chaotic? Are you going to come down and take the first three-point shot that you have available? Are you going to play with pace? Is that what it means? Is that what playing fast is, is, is playing with pace? And that's, that's what I used to always say to our staff. We don't want to play fast. We want to play with pace. And I think that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I always – I spend a lot of time with college coaches, and one of the things that they uh, – I can go to any practice almost in the country in the fall – and they'll all have a secondary fast break. They'll they'll all be running the ball up and down the court after made baskets by the opponent and everything. And if you go to an NBA camp, you'll see they do they can fast break after a mate, but in an NBA game, they're going to walk the ball up after the other team scores for the most part, and they're going to run on steals, block shots, and rebounds and. Because they have the really good players in the NBA that play 48-minute game, they're not going to run for 48 minutes. <laughs> they're going to play 36 minutes minimum. They, they're pacing themselves, you know. And, and in college, we expect them to be machines and we'll substitute every four minutes. And, and that's so I, I think that as a coach, you have to figure out how do you want to play that's going to – I always say when I talk to the college coaches, I'll say, if you're in a league, can your offense that you're going to run and your defense, can it beat or be competitive with the best teams in your league? If not, then what the hell are you doing it for? <laughs> you know? Right. And I, mean, I, especially, it, I especially think when you take a job, right? Yeah. Like. Hey, listen, you're you're inheriting a roster, and now it's a little different. But like, you can you can say, hey, I, listen, I want to press. We're gonna yep. press every single possession. The ball's gonna go through the net. We're gonna be picking up full court. What does your roster look like in terms of? Do you think that's that's what's best for this team, right? And I think that like that's you got to take that into consideration, right? Like, we don't run this out. Like, look at your roster. Or I get it when you're recruiting to that. That's what you how you want it to look. Sure. But, Right when you get a job, that may not be something that's conducive right away that you have to build and instill in your program. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the most exciting things. So, like, when you're uh, – were you a man-to-man -man defensive team for the most part, or did you play multiple defenses? What did you do? I was predominantly man-to-man. -man. I think you, you always got to have a secondary defense in, right? Like, of course. Hey, not going well today let's, let's switch the zone whatever it may be but always predominantly man to man always like the ice pick and rolls or down pick and rolls keep the ball on the side never was a guy that wanted the ball to ever get to the middle of the floor I said that was carnal rule number one the ball can't get to the paint no middle um, but I think you got to have a, a secondary defense in I, I like pressing um, the team that that we had a tremendous amount of success at Chattanooga I think according to Ken Palm we were the second or third most pressing team in the country and it was not like we were always running around and trapping it was just picking up full court but we we had a lot of success with that uh, but predominantly man to man and again I'll never forget this great story we're playing uh in the Southern Conference Championship game tournament game and uh we had played 1-3-1 at Florida some uh, later in my tenure there, 2013-14. Um, so that was a, that was going to be our secondary defense at Chattanooga. And we're playing in the, in the conference championship game against ETSU and, and Coach Forbes, who's had a great career and doing a great job at Wake Forest. Um, and we 
we weren't having a lot of success in, in the one three one and and I'll never forget Coach Donovan's calling me right after we win. We're going to the NCAA tournament. I finished the press conference first. You got a million text messages. Everyone's congratulating <laughs> you. I get a phone call from Coach Donovan, and I'm like thinking he's going to say congratulations. He goes, "What were you doing in that one three one?" Right. <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me. Um, I love you know, it. but yeah, I I think you always got to have a secondary defense in, right? You got to have a change of pace. Oh, yeah. You got to be able to, you know. Here's the other thing too. When you think about, hey, listen we're only going to be a switching team, right? We're only going to switch pick and rolls. That's all we're doing. We're switching everything. We're, well, you're going to play against a team that doesn't switch, right? Yep. So in practice every day, you're playing against switching. How are you going to be against that team that doesn't switch? So being able to do other things defensively, I think is really, really important, right? Like, because you're going to play against teams that don't do that and you want your team to be prepared and it can't be a one day prep that, Hey, we're only working on this, this day. You know, um, I think that's important. Yeah, I think uh, when I do clinics, I always ask the coaches in the attendance, I say, how many of you, if I'm t- I'm teaching pick and roll, I'll say, how many of you uh, use pick and roll in your offense? And there'll be a large group that'll say they don't. And I'll say, do the teams you play against use pick and roll? And they'll, of course, say yes. And I'll say, well, you better know how to play against it, too. How are you going to guard it? Yes. And and so I I agree. And I, there are coaches at the college level that as soon as they see a team switching, they immediately panic because they don't know how to score. How to score. And and, uh, so I I think it's really important. And, and I go back to this when you said it, I thought really well earlier when you're an assistant, I think the biggest problem with college assistants is, all the problem, and, and, and this was an enticing thing for Billy Donovan when he was at Florida. Uh, Tom Izzo taught us this years ago. He said, and Tom was, you know, in the final four almost every year back then when Billy was, you know, just starting his run. And Tom said that head coaches spend 20% of their time in college on basketball assistant coaches 10% or less because of recruiting, academics, discipline, fundraising, all those things. And in the NBA, and Billy found this out and was really intrigued by it, and this had to do with the Van Gundys and the Patinos, that a head coach spends about 90% of his time on basketball at the pro level, 10% on media, (laughs) because he has to do on game day three press conferences. College pro assistants, 100% of their time in basketball. It's all basketball. There's nothing else. And and so, you know, I always say, even if you're a much better coach than I am, if you're spending 10% of your time on basketball and I'm spending 100, I'm probably going to catch up or go ahead of you just because of time. Yeah. And, 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 And that's why if you really love basketball, you know, Pro basketball is where it's at because you can learn more and you don't have anything else, any distractions. You know, Billy's only distraction now is on player personnel that are adding, whereas a college coach, you are consumed with getting talent, the portal, et cetera. How am I getting players in here? Um, and and so I think it's it, – it's, I always said college and pro basketball are different sports. They really are in many ways, you know. Totally and, agree. Totally yeah. Agree. 
So, you know, now for the first time since you started coaching this, this coming season, you will not have a team. And I've been through that several times, but I also found out it was some of the best years of my life. <laughs> I never, yeah, I didn't lose yeah. a damn game that whole year. Yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah. but what will you do uh, to, to learn? It's a great learning opportunity. What do you yeah. want to learn possibly, or what do you want to experience this year to help yourself? I think the first thing is, is you know, I, you get let go and you kind of go through these, these stages, right? You're kind of in shock for a little bit. And um, did that really just go happen? And, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of downness, right? You're, you're upset. Um, there's a little anger creeps in there. There's just these, these unbelievable amount of emotions that transpire. And then it's kind of like, all right, like now we gotta, we gotta pick ourselves up and figure out what's next. And there's right. in my house, I have, I have, three little ones and, and a wife that are, that are looking at me and, and saying what's next and um, kind of watching your every move and, and how, how am I reacting and trying to instill values in them. Right. Um, and how you handle adversity, I think is, is vital. So, um, you know, I want one, I, I want to work, um, you know, I've pursued some opportunities that, that just didn't work out. Um, but I think the, the opportunity to grow and get better, uh, are vital, right? And um, I think being able to, you know, whether it's through, you know, uh, getting an opportunity to be an, an NBA scout and, and go to a bunch of practices or do some television and be at practice, be it uh, shoot arounds and, and learn from different people. I think that's the one of the biggest things. Hey, listen, I, I learned from who I feel is the best in the business. Um, and Coach Donovan, I, I had a, I spent a great three years with, with Coach Jarvis at Florida Atlantic. I really never have had an opportunity to get out there and see how other people do it, um, how other successful coaches do it. And um, looking forward to this fall to, to get out there and, and learn from other people. Um, you know, I, I saw it done two different ways and that was it. And um, I think taking advantage of this time, because I am still relatively young, um, learn different ways and different things and, and how to do things different ways and play offense, defense, different things like that. I, I think spending this time doing that is, is vital. You know, the great, uh, the great John Wooden uh, had a wonderful saying, Matt, and it's, it was, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that's going to make you a better coach, parent, teacher, whatever. And I'll go to clinics where I'll be teaching and there's guys that are sitting there and I know they're saying, shit, uh, my stuff is better than him. I, I, why am I even here? You know what? That's fine. Uh, but I think what you're going to see uh, is that, number one, coaches that you'll ask to go and see their practices are, will be very inviting because coaches as a, as a group, they really want to share. And, uh, you know, and I think I, I just think it's a fantastic, uh, you know, opportunity to go there. And I remember even when I was with the Knicks in the front office, not coaching, and I would go to to see Coach K, uh, you know, who we were on the Dream Team staff together. And, you know, and when he was coaching at West Point, I was coaching at Fairfield. So, I've you know, for over 40 yeah, yeah. plus years, we've been together. 
and and to sit there and and watch his practice. And after practice, he'd say JJ Reddick was his senior, and he'd say. Uh, Brendan, tell JJ what what he fucking does wrong, you know, <laughs> you know, because uh, he won't listen to me as, as typical, you know, Coach K would do. And I think I I, I think it, you'll find out. And also, the, many of the coaches will ask you to speak to their teams, as you've done to right, people that right, would come right. to your program. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity for you to connect to people. And I think it's it's, it's really neat, uh, but. I always think it, it's really that's when the learning really takes place when when we're open to it, and so I think right. you're really going to enjoy that part of it. Uh, from a and I think the hardest thing to do is, you know, uh, but a person asked me this question a couple of years ago and said to me, Brendan, where do you see yourself in uh, five years? I said, I'm worried about five months from now, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know, but. Where do you see yourself in two years? What what would be some things that you would like to do? Well, I think you bring up a good point too, and just in terms of getting better, right? I mean, I was, I've been very fortunate. I've been very blessed, and to become an Atlantic Ten head coach after mm-hmm. being a student manager at the University of Florida, man, what what an unbelievable journey that I've been fortunate enough to have. Um, I'm not blind to the fact that the reason I was provided that opportunity is because of the success that we had at Chattanooga. But more importantly, too, and and it it was those kids at Chattanooga really deciding to come together and stay. And then the success that we had at the University of Florida. That's why I was fortunate enough to be provided the opportunity that I I had and and become an Atlantic 10 head coach after being a student manager at the University of Florida. And now Man, I, I look at this as, you know, two years from now, one, I, I want my my kid, my own kids to see, hey, you know, daddy handled adversity the right way, right? Um, had a positive attitude, um, always gave tremendous effort, but he handled that the right way. And, you know, whether it's through the NBA, whether it's through college, Whatever opportunity it is, I'm I'm more prepared for it now, having gone through what I've gone through in the last five years. No question about it. Hey, hey Matt, uh, share with our audience how old your children are. I know how old they are, but share with them. Yeah, so uh, nine, seven, and one. Um, so Brooklyn's nine. She's a competitive swimmer. Kylie's seven. They take after their mom in terms of swimming. And we're yeah. going to get my son Maverick involved in golf. I can promise you that. That's a very good move. I like that. That's a very good move. It's very expensive, but a very, very good move. You know, uh, my daughter, uh, you know, we talked about Bark Dagnall before her teammate on her Orlando Metro club gymnastics team when she was in high school is Mark's wife now, you know, Ashley. But, you know, one of the things that I think you're going to really benefit going forward, and the only thing I ask of you is that you've learned some great lessons from great people and, and, and to pass it forward. That's the greatest thing about coaching. You know, Chuck Daly's the, you know, the best coach I've ever worked with or coached against. I've done both with him. And, and I, and when you think about the coaches I've coached against from Riley to, I mean, I think 14 of the 15 of the best coaches in the last 75 years I coached against, my son, as a wise ass, said, you didn't coach against Red Auerbach, Dad? No, I didn't, son. Uh, you know, that was the only one. And 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 to think about it, Chuck Daly got fired 
when he became his first head coaching job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He got fired 93 days. 93 days he was fired. And then from there, after sitting out a year, he got the head coaching job at the Detroit Pistons. And Matt, to make you feel really good about yourself, his job salary was $93,000 as the head wow. coach of Detroit Pistons. Wow. And 13 years later, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. 13 years only as an NBA coach. And, you know, was selected to be the first coach of the, when they let pros play in the Olympics because he was a phenomenal X and O guy, but because of the way he connected to players, to what he learned from them. There's no school to that, but I'll tell you what, the better you are at connecting for all the coaches out there, connecting with players. And and I, I used to say that Chuck taught me that uh, they say, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Dumars and guys like that, Rodman, what did you, what did they learn from you? I said, it's more like, what did I learn from them? And I think that's the attitude as a coach that I've learned way more from my players than I they've ever learned from me. And I, I just think that sometimes when we get a little uh, a pause in our careers, it takes off because now you're so much better. And yeah, I know no question. No, no, no question. And Chuck was so much better. And and I think it's 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 really I think you know what happened. I encouraged Billy to take a year off after Oklahoma City, and he took about a week off. And you know because I thought it could really benefit him, but you know he just he had five offers in one week. <laughs> you know he said I don't know if anyone will ever hire me at five offers in a week, but I think you know uh, you know you have great humility. You're a great learner, and I think you have so much to offer. And I think your your best part of your career, as good as it's been, it's even going to be better coming. No, I, coach, I appreciate that. That's awesome. I think you bring up a great point, though, in terms of like the connecting with the players, too, right? I think the most important thing is it's not just connection. It's and it's not trying to force that connection, right? Like, all right, you're you're gonna have you got a 15 minute meeting with me in my office today on Tuesday after study hall. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be real. And your players have to understand that and feel that from you. They can't feel like it's forced. They can't feel like it's fake. They've got to feel like it's authentic. It's such a good point. I never knew this until I coached in the NBA. I, I didn't know because coaching back then, it was now it's a science and an art. Before then, I don't know what the hell it was. I, you know, I was so unconsciously competent. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, to be honest with you, when I got into the NBA and didn't know a shit about the NBA, didn't know anything about the rules, anything. And I found out, though, that until I had a relationship with players, I couldn't coach them. And that's the biggest thing that I think I try to preach to all coaches going forward. It's a you cannot coach a player from player development to coaching them on a team until they believe in you, they trust you, they think you're truthful to them, and they know you care about them. That's it. All that, you know, it's not about, you know, can you dap them up? Can you fist bump them? All that shit. It's about, you know, and, and, and I remember, you know, uh, you know, Billy, you know, Billy and I had these discussions when I first met him. It's about really convincing them that you love them. And when the yeah. players really believe that you love them, it, that's when you really have a team. 
And, right. and, 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 you know what? And he used to say to me, I can't believe you're in the NBA and you're trying to teach me to be a soft coach. <laughs> and I, and, and literally, you know, he's, as he's become one of the best coaches in the NBA, every now and then when I go and see him, I'll bring a roll of Charmin tissue for him there you because, go. Yeah. because he loves his players and his players love him so much. And I said, this is the softest tissue I know, and you are the softest coach, which means you're one of the best coaches in the world. There so, you go. Matt, I, I'm so excited for you. I, I really am. Uh, you know, and I, I think it, it's, this you. is going to be a great year for you. Thank and I you. think, you know, as yeah, we I'm reflect on it, it yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be good. And I think uh, this is good for all the coaches out there because every one of us are going to go through this. And right. trust me, it's a badge of honor. Right. No question. Unfortunately, no question I've gotten too many badges in my career, <laughs> but but it's okay. I'm still standing, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it's all about it's, it's cliche, right? We read all these books. It's all about hey, how you handle adversity? How do you do this? I, well, until you're really in it, all those books that we read and trying to prepare us to be better leaders and everything, until you're in it, now it's time to put all that to practice. And for, for coaches that have families that have gone through this, I mean, I've had, oh. I've had unbelievable pe people reach out to me um, that, you know, hey, it's, it's a difficult thing, but you also learn about who really, really cares. And it's an opportunity to grow and get better. And I think you have to look at it that way and uh, just keep it moving forward. Hey, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, a great friend of yours and your family, the great Steve Spurrier, the all bowl coach, <laughs> I, you know, grow, you know, spending a, a quarter, you know, 25 years in Florida. Yeah. I, I love this guy. And he's totally the opposite of me as a coach and everything, but yeah. I love him and I love him. And from a philosophy standpoint, the guy's a genius, but Share with me anything that you can about coaching and Steve Spurrier with our group, because well, I, I don't care yeah. if it's football, basketball, anything. He's yeah. a genius. Well, one, if you play golf with them, everything's you have to put everything out. There's no gimmicks. OK, so even if you're inside the leather, that, that ball's getting put out. OK, it's, especially with coach. Um, but again, you, you, you look at the, the success that he's had. He never took himself too serious. He did it his way and he had tremendous success with that and whether it was dealing with the media how he did it what, whatever it may be he never took it so serious that he took the joy away from coaching and i like you look at his career whether it was at florida or, or duke or South Carolina, or even with the Washington Redskins. In, in the NFL, I, you know, he was he, pretty damn he good. Never, he never took himself too serious, and he always had joy doing it. And I think you listen to these podcasts about Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr and Steve Spurrier are complete opposites, but they both had a passion for what they did, for what they do, and they had tremendous joy doing it. Yep. And I think that's, that's Coach Spurrier. I mean, he loved – even now, look at him. He's uh, they call him the ambassador or whatever for for the University of Florida. He's got that Gator logo on. He's got a huge smile on his face. His alma mater means a tremendous amount to him, and he has he has a tremendous amount of joy about the the, the sport of football. And there's something to be said for that. That's why he's had so much success. And Matt, he he's a what I call a subject matter expert 
on the passing game in football. I yeah. think he believes that he could go out and he knows how to he knows how to coach offense better than any. better than any better than anyone. Am I right? And, no and he could and, and he, he could he, dial he up a play. That. Yes, and yes. I think that confidence makes him special. And I There's think no we don't want to be arrogant about it, but Steve's in his. But I think you have to have that to really be at the top of your game. You have to, you know, be able to have that quietness that you know that you know what the hell you're doing, and no he question. does. And, no, and I, no I, question about it. I, I mean, no I, I, I don't know if it was with Dan Mullen, who had just left, and I think every week he was he, up on the board. He, he'd be up there. He, he was, he, yeah, he'd give him a play ball. every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Mullen was smart enough to probably run the play, you know. Yeah, and, probably put uh, a couple of those in. Absolutely. Yeah, and Absolutely. I think that's what makes him cheap. But thanks for sharing that. And I think yeah. uh, I can't wait the next time to go to Gainesville and hopefully go to his restaurant. Maybe the old bowl coach will be there. I know I'll have to buy. I know he's not. Yeah, yeah, it's no question. Burger, there but, you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but thanks so much, and uh, I really appreciate yeah. you doing this. And coach, uh, I thanks know it's for having me on year. anytime, and and just appreciate you and. All the years, even going back to when I was a manager, and I, I think there was a couple of airport runs in there I had at that point in time in my career. So, no, I know, but a lot of Gator shirts and equipment. A lot of Gator I had. shirts. You were always, there you oh, go. Yeah. I, do you know what? I still have twenty years later. I still have a, a, a you know a really nice velour sweatsuit you gave me. There and you so go. I, I, yeah, my, my my wife would throw me out before that sweatsuit. I know that, but. Thanks again, Matt. I appreciate it. And best to your family, as always. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Excellent job by Matt. I think one of the things that you really learn uh, going through this experience is how to figure out what's next. But I think you can see how sharp, how smart he is, and how, how his core values are so together. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to see uh, what's next for him. But again, as a coach, you have to figure out what's going to happen for yourself because we all are going to go through change. And even if you didn't lose a job, how are you going to approach your new season? Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.